We broke down the winners, North Carolina Central, yesterday. But now I want to talk about Jackson State. How do things look from their perspective of the Celebration Bowl? Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And I want to say thank you to all of my Jackson State fans who are checking it out because I understand losing the essentially the Super Bowl and then looking at what the graphic and the thumbnail says, it had to be hard for you to click on here. And I ain't about to pile on you. We're actually going to say a couple of good things in the second segment. This first segment is going to be a little bit of rough, but it's okay because I want to talk about Deion Sanders. I think this is a stain on Deion Sanders' tenure. And here's the thing. A lot of people have just turned completely against Deion Sanders after he's left. And I've stayed relatively quiet on my feelings of it outside of the one or two episodes we did after he left. I stayed relatively quiet. I'm not here to pile on. I'm just here to objectively look at it and tell you that losing yet another Celebration Bowl should and will be a stain on Deion Sanders' tenure. But we're not going to pile on. We're going to look objectively at this. And listen, I know that I'm speaking to Jackson State. I'm speaking on Jackson State. But this narrative, I don't think is Jackson State exclusive. So let's not act like it's personal. This is not a, you know, I don't want you to think that because Deion, Le- Deion Sanders left, I'm saying this, right? No, that, that's spiteful. That's petty. I'm saying this because he's gone, as in his tenure is done, and we're reflecting on it. And reflecting on it, he lost two Super Bowls, essentially, right? Let's just, because I'm about to make a comparison, so we're going to call it a Super Bowl. He lost two of those. The biggest game in his sport, in HBCU football, the biggest game is the Celebration Bowl. It's essentially the Super Bowl, and he lost both of those games. I wasn't born when the, when the Bills were going four straight Super Bowls. I wasn't around for that. Every single thing that I know about them is a reflection. Everything. I didn't live any of that. And I never hear about how good those early 90s bills were to be able to make it to four Super Bowls. I never hear about their path to them. What I hear about when I hear the bills discussed from the 90s is the fact that they lost four Super Bowls. That's the talking point. Not the fact that they were able to get there. Oh, man, that's a pretty good team. No. That's that's not that's not what I hear. And I think that if you go years down the line, I think that'll be a comparison. No, it's not four in a row, but it is still two in a row. And if you are the team that consistently gets there but can't get over the hump, it's going to be a stain. It's like spilling wine on a, on a white dress shirt or a dress or a blanket or the carpet. It's a stain and he's gone. So you can't get it off. You know, like you can get a- away with that. If you come back and win a celebration bowl, maybe if the Bills would have won a Super Bowl on their fifth try, maybe we don't talk so much 
about the four. Maybe we talk about the perseverance. Maybe we talk about how you overcame and you got number uh, try number five or try number three for Jackson State. But Deion Sanders is gone. So this is all we're going to remember him. And not only is he gone, this is the last game that he coached in, which means he lost on a losing effort. Um, For me, we talked about the off the field versus the the on the field and how he'll be remembered last, or I guess not last week, but two weeks ago. Wow, it's been a long time. And that's why I just kind of stopped talking about it. I felt like I said all I needed to say. But it's been two weeks since he decided to leave and announced he was going to leave. And I can tell you the off the field things, not going to be remembered greatly, right? I think it's going to kind of overshadow how he left. It's going to overshadow what he did while he was here. I think he did some solid things. However, how he left and, and all the situation around it, it's going to leave a bad taste in people's, mouth, people's mouths. So with that, all he had was the on-the-field legacy, and he needed to win the Celebration Bowl. If Deion Sanders wanted to be looked at fondly, I think he needed to win the Celebration Bowl, and that's something that he didn't do. You can't get to two Celebration Bowls, two of which you were favored in, by the way. They were the favorite in both of these Celebration Bowls, and especially that first one. That first one, it was like, oh, yeah, y'all are the team. They ended up getting upset, and the way they lost was crazy. So you have that in the outcome in 2021 affected how we discussed this game in 2022. You know, I even said it. They're playing against the ghost of South Carolina State as well. I think they beat them, but they did not beat the 2022 North Carolina Central Eagles. And that was the more important thing. I don't care if you were able to get it out of your head and have a good game. You needed to win. And because he didn't win, you have SWAC championships. And I won't devalue a SWAC championship. It's great to win your conference. That is an achievement that should be celebrated. However, you know what should be celebrated the most? The Celebration Bowl. So yes, conference championships are, uh, conference championships are great. They are phenomenal. And they shouldn't be stepped over. But you have to understand that at the same time, if you lose in two Celebration Bowls that you were favored to win, that is going to garner more attention. The Celebration Bowl is always going to be the bigger story. So it's not like, oh, you failed in the big moment, so let's talk about the failure. No, the Celebration Bowl is the biggest story. Always. It always is. So with that being the case, unfortunately for him, the coaches, the players, this isn't going to be something they forget. It's going to be something they have to carry around for a while. And the face of the team was Deion Sanders. He's going to be the person who catches the most flack. And remember, I'm not saying this because he's gone. Not being spiteful, not being petty, but because he's gone, he no longer has a chance to redeem himself in the biggest game of the year. In that game, he's 0-2. You better believe it's going to be a stain. Now, going forward, we're going to be talking about some good stuff. I promise y'all. So if y'all sat through with me, JSU, you're here for the good stuff. Travis Hunter is the absolute truth. And he showed me some things that made me realize that he might have finally realized himself as a two-way player on the collegiate level. Before I get into that, however, I want to tell you about LinkedIn, and this goes for my small business owners and all my people trying to get a job. We got to work together. We got to work together. You small business owners, y'all need a job. Y'all who are unemployed, y'all need a job. Boom. Need employees? Need job? Come together? LinkedIn. I think it's really just that simple. Use the purple hashtag hiring frame. There's over 800 million people on LinkedIn. There's somebody who is qualified. You can reach out to them. You can see the resume. No more sitting through a million people. 
Go reach out to that one person who fits exactly what you want. You can reach out to qualified candidates faster. That's why small businesses love LinkedIn. If you haven't tried it, go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. You can post your job for free, for free, F-R-E-E, free, using the purple hashtag hiring frame. Terms and conditions do apply. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out Peter Bukowski and all of the local experts that he brings on Locked on Sports today to talk about the biggest national stories, whether that's Joe Burrow and the Bengals winning all of these games in a row, or maybe it's Trevor Lawrence and the fact that the Jaguars are heating up. Maybe it's the crazy playoff race that is existing on both sides, both conferences. I don't know. You have to check it out and listen for yourself. You can do that wherever you get your podcast, including this app right here. Now I want to talk about Travis Hunter because I've said it. We're going to be a little bit more upbeat. We're going to reflect on what Travis Hunter was able to do in this game because this game was great. This game was two really good teams going head to head. It went to overtime. This was a great game. There were great performances on both teams. So let's not act like, you know, it was just a this wasn't last year. This was not last year. This was a game that was close and could have went either way. We're actually going to talk about the most pivotal moments in the matchup in the next segment. But right now we're going to talk about Travis Hunter because he's entered the transfer portal. But if he had to say goodbye to Jackson State, I cannot think of a better way for him to do it. I think a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month, month and a half ago, he started to realize himself as a two-way player on the collegiate level. We knew that's what he was coming in, but he started to really realize it. At the end, you know, I guess when he, a couple weeks after he came back from injury. Now, at the end of the season, I didn't think he was going to be able to do this without how much time he missed. But he actually realized himself as a two-way star. And I think the, the most indicative fact of that is that in the biggest game of the season, the Celebration Bowl, the HBCU Super Bowl, the Black National Championship, however you want to phrase it, the game, his biggest contribution and the most eye-popping moments, it wasn't an interception return for a touchdown. It wasn't a, a big-time pass deflection. And remember, cornerback is his main position. That's his first off. It was as a wide receiver. It was it was through the air and realizing, you know what? I'm going to dominate and that the ball's in the air is mine, period. And I thought that in that moment, he showed himself as the two-way player that he's going to have to prove himself to be again when he goes to Colorado. It's a whole new proving process in a new place. But it showed me that, A, he knew it, and then B, Jackson State knows it, right? They knew he was ready for that moment. And not only that, when they needed somebody to count on, who they call on? When your life was on the line, he called 12, period. Deion Sanders, to me, I say, looks at Travis Hunter as another son. Like, I think Deion has three sons, I think. I don't know the man's family life or whatever. But I think he got Junior, Shiloh, and Shadur, I believe, right? Travis Hunter is number four. I just think that's the type of relationship that they have. I always felt that. I think if he doesn't see him as a son, he sees him as a little version of him. Both of which are great. I don't even know which one is a better, you know, comparison. If looking at you as my son or looking at you as a younger version of me, I don't know which one is better. But they're both going to be held in high regard. And you look at when they needed something, right? I'm not just doing a funny play of 12 and life on the line and who you call... 
But when you really look at Jackson State, in that fourth quarter, when you know what you needed to have, in that fourth quarter, what was his stats? In the fourth quarter, Travis Hunter caught three passes for 52 yards and two touchdowns. He had four for 47. This was the first time he touched the ball since the first quarter when he had a negative five-yard uh, reception that ended up being a fumble lost. Well, once the fourth quarter rolled around and it was clutch time and they needed him, he had two touchdowns, both for nearly 20 yards. And then on the last series, the series where you need it all, right? That's the series where if you don't score, game over, period, right? It's not a tie ball game. It is you are down seven points and you need a touchdown. He's the one who scores the touchdown. They throw two of the last three passes to him. And the touchdown that he does score, he high points it. That guy gets up and he looks like a natural wide receiver. I see why people question what he's actually going to be if he gets to the next level. I see why people question it because the talent is there. Like you see the makings of a really good wide receiver. So I understand that. And I think this was the first time I was really able to just watch and see him as a wide receiver. And in the biggest moments, he came up clutch. In the biggest moments, they put him in the game and made sure, you know what, we have to have our guy and that's the person Shador went to. In another segment or another section where I really want to highlight is in overtime. I didn't see him at all in overtime, right? We're only talking offense. I didn't see him at all. And then on fourth and goal, the last play, another do or die situation. Mind you, that touchdown was with zero seconds on the clock and it was fourth down. So you don't complete, complete that pass, it's over. Fourth and goal, you don't complete this, it's over, and he's on the field. He didn't get the target, but he was on the field. Even if that's to be used as a decoy or whatever, you see how much they value him. You see what kind of impact they believe his presence makes. Because on fourth down, you put him in the game because you know this is do or die. I want my best players. I said it before. The Celebration Bowl is about stars. Davius Richards showed up. Latrell Collier showed up. Khalil Baker showed up. Shador Sanders showed up. Travis Hunter showed up. It's clear. He's realized himself as a two-way player and a guy who, you know, whenever he gets to Colorado or wherever he goes, because he did just enter the transfer portal, he might go to Georgia, might go to Miami, might go to Alabama. Was that the third one? No, I think it might have been Colorado, Georgia, and Miami. I can't wait to see what he's going to be. It'll be very, very interesting to see what Travis Hunter is going to play like stylistically, even though I think he's going to Colorado. So he might be used the same. But now he's got a year on his belt. How versatile is he going to be in year two? That's not something we'll be keeping up with on this show. But as a fan of football, it is something I'll be keeping up with just personally. And going forward, we're going to be talking about the pivotal moments, not the ones that decided the game. There is one moment in there that really did decide the game. However, we're going to be talking about the pivotal moments that made the game the overtime thriller that it is. Before I get into that, let me send you guys a message from NHTSA. I don't think that there's any excuse to drive under the influence. There's too many resources for you to be able to get out of this situation. You don't need to drive under the influence. You've been sitting there. You've been drinking with your friends. You're having a good time. That's fine. Go out. Enjoy yourself. But when it's time to get on the road, don't think about getting pulled over. Don't think about wrecking your own car. Think about the damage you can do to somebody in their family. It's just that simple. The risk there is no reward. There is no reward. The risk outweighs the non-existent reward. Because if you're driving drunk, you get pulled over, that's the best thing that can happen to you. You're getting driving drunk and you go ahead and you hit somebody. It's your life. It's their life. And it's so many repercussions. Just avoid that. Drive sober or get pulled over.
And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we have the pivotal moments in this game. Once again, these are not the, the plays and the moments that decided the game. These are the moments that decided how the game was going or shaped the game. There we go. Because this was a thriller. This was a down-to-the-wire game, overtime, fourth down, inside the five, a near to All of these things happened. What made this game so great? And we're going to go relatively in chronological order. We have more reasons for North Carolina Central because they are the winners. So, of course, they're going to have more moments and more things to help shape the game. It's only right. And we're going to start off with that first touchdown. The first touchdown was actually North Carolina Central's second drive of the game. And with this being the second drive of the game, they scored a field goal on the first one. We're not trading field goals for touchdowns in a game like this. You're not going to win. Most times you're just not going to win that game if that is the case. But you get the ball again after stopping them. So you get a field goal. Jackson State is stopped by your defense. You get the ball back. You need to go score a touchdown. Because if you score another field goal, you don't score at all. Now one more score, a touchdown specifically by Jackson State, is going to put you behind. No, let's go ahead and score a touchdown. That's what they did. And this drive was all Davius Richard. All Davius Richard. He had a 20-yard run. He had a 31-yard uh, catch. And he had a 4-yard touchdown run. On three consecutive plays, they called the number of Davius Richard. I don't know how many times I have to say this. This game is about stars. And when you need the game, when you need to extend your lead, you call on Davius Richard. Not only do you call on him as a runner, you don't even call him as his, as his primary thing. No, we don't want you to pass. We want you to go out for a pass. 31 yards. I told you that EJ Hicks to Davius Richard connection, it goes both ways. Richard to Hicks, Hicks to Richard, it doesn't matter. Both are just as effective. And they used that 31-yard play to go ahead and get to that touchdown. The next play was a, a touchdown rush by Richard. Then my next thing is kind of like, it's kind of a cheat. My next moment, because it's not really a moment. It's technically the product of a couple of moments. But I just couldn't separate it because it was such a decisive factor. If North Carolina Central is not as efficient in the second half as they were, they don't win this game. They had three possessions. That's it. Three possessions the whole second half. The last 30 minutes of the game, they had three possessions. Just to tell you how crazy that was, in the first 15 minutes, in the first quarter, they had four drives. Four possessions in the first quarter, 15 minutes. Three possessions in the second half, 30 minutes. And it's not because Jackson State was doing a lot. It was more, more so because of North Carolina Central. They changed the pace of the game. They slowed it down. They were way more methodical. And on the onset of it, at the very beginning of the second half, you open up with your longest drive, 12 plays, 87 yards, 7 minutes and 21 seconds. All three are either the most or the longest of that game. So you came out with a, with a statement, I'm going to go ahead and milk this clock. The ball control was beautiful, right? You had two drives in the third quarter. The second drive was a field goal. And on that, you had six plays, 64 yards. You know, It was only three minutes and 44 seconds. Like short drive, so to speak, right? Even three minutes is a solid amount of drive, but it was cut short because you end up having to kick the field goal. Had it been a touchdown drive, it might have been another seven, six-minute drive. But then you followed up with your last one, and this was the most important because the first drive of the second half, yeah, that set the tone. That lets you know that we're about to milk the clock. We're going to slow down this game. We're going to play our style. But in the last drive, you've already scored the first two. On the last one, you have to score. Tie ball game. You understand that Jackson State can get the ball back. Or excuse me, no, it's not a tie ball game. It's not a tie ball game. You're actually down at that point. So you need a touch. You need to score. You end up scoring. It goes 11 plays, 73 yards, and 6 minutes and 48 seconds. You know, the 11 plays tied the second most 
plays on the drive of the game. The 73 yards was second by like two yards or something like that. And then the six minutes, 48 seconds was the, the third longest drive by two seconds. So you really are milking the clock in another way. You had another long drive at the end of the first half. But these two touchdown drives on here, these are the games or these are the moments where, you know what, we're going to keep our offense on the field. We're going to tire out this defense. We're going to impose our will by running the football. And LaShawn Collier had a big play or a big part to play in that last drive. They went to him consistently. Seven of the 11 plays, both passes and rushes, went to LaShawn Collier. So if Davius Richard, who was the heartbeat of that first drive, or that touchdown drive, you look at the last touchdown of regulation, that was the Latrell, the Latrell Collier drive. And I thought it was very impressive. It was You don't win the game if that doesn't happen. So now that we have that touchdown by Latrell Collier, right? And that sustained success in the second half is important because if you don't score all of those possessions, you don't have many. You don't have many, but if you don't score all of those possessions, you're not winning this game. Right. There was no room for error because you didn't really have many drives. You had to score on every single one. Hey, even having a field goal ended up like, oh, I don't know. It's going to get kind of risky. But yeah. So now you go to the two point conversion because you need it. You can either be up five, kick an extra point, go up six. But that doesn't really do anything other than make Jackson State have to make the extra point. And I'm never banking on somebody missing an extra point. Never going to bank on that. So I'm going to go for two. And if I don't get it and you get a touchdown, and you win is what it is at that point. But for me, I'm never going to bank on a six-point lead. No, give me the seven. Give me the seven, please. Give me the seven. <laughs> so that's what they do. They get it with the central special again. EJ Hicks to Davius Richard. I told you the, the connection is not just one way. Sometimes the wide, the wide receiver has to give love to the quarterback as well. And in the big moments, your stars, your stars, I'll say it, to, I'll say it again. I'll say it every playoff game. I'm so happy I was able to hear Chuck Barkley say that because he's right. And these moments is about your stars. Every now and then you have somebody who isn't that guy who steps up. But most times your stars are going to be the ones who decide the outcome of this game. Or the playoff series, however, whatever sport you want to talk about. When it comes to do or die, playoffs, all of that, it's about the stars. And Davies Richard catches that two-point conversion. And that's the reason we were able to get into overtime. If you don't, it doesn't happen. Now I want to look at the two. This just so happens to be going in chronological order. This is not a setup, but now you get to Jackson State, and there are two moments. You look at Jackson State, who their, their last drive, Shador Sanders was really good. He took a bad sack, but he had two throws in there that I thought were absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, and it showed why he's so special. And those two throws both so happen to come on fourth down. And if he doesn't complete these passes, it's over. It's fourth down. You're not getting the ball back. You're not. So that first throw, he's rolling out to his right, not because it's designed, but because the pressure is there and he's running. So it's more of a run out, sprint out to his right, to his right. And then you throw a ball across your body right to J.D. Martin where it had to be. There was a, it was, I'm not going to be able to do this graphic because it's not a thing, but it was Shador Sanders and a player in front of him in the backfield, right? So the guy who's rushing him, he threw it across his body. That ball had to go across a North Carolina central defender and fit right into the right pocket. I hope you guys can get the image. But basically, Shador Sanders is throwing, running right. He throws. It crosses his body, crosses the wide receiver's body, and hits right in the pocket where it needs to be on the other side of the defender. This was an absolute beautiful throw that I don't know if my description and my just, you know, audible painting really did a great job describing. But I will tell you this. That throw was like, ooh, yeah. That was it. 
that was the throw. And I really thought it was phenomenal. And then the second one, of course, is that touchdown to Travis Hunter that we talked about where, yes, it was a great catch by Hunter, but it was also a phenomenal throw by Sanders. And you trusted his guy. Trusting your guy is underrated in football, right? Everybody won't say, y'all, you just threw it up. No, I know how good my guy is. I put it in a position where I knew he could get it. And that's what Sanders did. It was a good throw. It's a really good throw. And those two throws right there just were the reason it got to overtime. Now you look at overtime in the last two plays or the final pivotal moment. And, of course, you had the drop. I'm not going to pile on that guy either because it happens. You know, it was tough. That game, you know, that catch is probably going to put you in the second overtime as long as you make the extra point. Or maybe you go for two. I thought they should have went for two after Hunter caught that, caught that touchdown, personally. That's what I would have done. Um, just, you know what, everything on the line, let's do it. I got two yards. I want to dominate. Let's do it, you know. But he didn't do it. It's okay. I understand um, not always the best time to take a risk. I'm not a head coach, and I'm not great with taking chances. So I'm not going to say I just knew better, but that's what I would have done. But then you look at the, that touchdown that was dropped by the tight end. People giving him a lot of flack. It was right in his hands. like, dang. But you got one more play. You got one more play, and North Carolina Central played amazing defense. And that's the reason there was nowhere to go. That throw by Shador looked so bad because there was nowhere to go. That was the pivotal moments. And yes, in a way, it kind of decided the game. And I know I kind of talked about not wanting to decide the game with these pivotal moments, but that's also what shaped the game to be what it is. You had to get the final plays in. That's a, that's a pivotal moment in a great game like this. I'm glad I was able to witness it. I'm glad I was able to watch it. Man, I wish that every celebration bowl could be like this. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about why Trey Oliver was right in his recruiting tactics. Go get high school players, build a foundation, and this is what you can look forward to. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's episode, but I appreciate you for making us your first listen today. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out Peter Bukowski on Locked On Sports today, wherever you get your podcast. Stay on this app right here. Matter of fact, make it easy on yourself and listen to Locked On or watch Locked On Sports today. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.